Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Check out your number one digital outlet for music and news from hip hop to Hollywood. www.thehypemagazine.com. Yo, what's up, y'all? T-Rex is in the building. We are here for another podcast, King of Underground Media, the Live by Terrence show. Definitely want to give a salute to everyone that's tuned in live, and also we'll be checking out the podcast later on. We are broadcasting on Block Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, Turn Up. We got a good show coming on tonight. We got a couple of guests coming on at the top of the hour. That's how we do it. You know we got to kick it with Jermaine and Scott. They'll be dialing in in just a moment. Great weekend. Kind of chilly down here in, in Alabama. It's all good, though. It's March, y'all. You know what time it is. It's spring break month. Spring break is going down in one of our favorite places, Panama City Beach. We're going to be turning up down there March the 21st and going to be doing a live broadcast from the beach on March the 22nd. So we are definitely looking forward to being on the beach and doing the show at the same time. I want to give a shout-out to the queen of underground media, my wife, Wendy. She is the admin of the show. She's behind the scenes. She makes sure she keeps keep the show upright because, you know, things can go left or right, but it's good to have somebody that can keep the foundation stable. But I do want to welcome our guest co-host, you know what? He's not even a guest anymore. I'm not going to call him a guest co-host. I'm just going to call him host, another host of the show. We're going to welcome Jermaine to the show. How you doing tonight, sir? What's going on, Terrence? How's hey, everybody Carl. doing out there today? Oh, man, we're doing very well. Very well, very blessed. Uh, how, how you been doing? I've been good, man. Been good. How was the weekend for you? Well, you know, I had to do the IT side of things, uh, so I was pretty pretty much tied up with that. But it was it was a pretty pretty good weekend. We had we have all the kids, and you know how that goes when at the house. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely know how that goes. Yeah, it get quite wild and crazy quick. <laughs> it definitely it definitely does at your house. I've been there before. Yeah, yeah. I last time I was over there. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know we like we like to have a good time and everything. So, so you know it's all good. So oh, what's yeah. been going? So what's been going on with you, man? Uh, anything exciting happened to you during the week? Well, I worked, and then last night I actually. I actually went up to Bob Victory Grill in Auburn, Alabama last night and watched the UFC and uh, had a good time with my brother-in-law and some other family members and and uh, tried to get you to come out there, but I know you had to do a eight-hour thing and, you know, the family thing, so. Well, what did you think about the Rousey performance? 14 seconds. <laughs> 
I, I, to be honest with you, I, I was I was speechless. I, I was absolutely just floored by how quick she got that on ball. But now, was it a way? Because I didn't I didn't get to watch it. So how did how did she, how was she able to do it so fast? Was it later reaching out toward her? Um. Well, let's just say, don't run up on a killer when they can kill you anywhere. I mean, you came at her with a flying knee, and then she swept you, dumped you on your head, and then Ronda rolls back over on top of you. You leave your arm free, and she steps over into the arm bar. <laughs> That's probably was almost like watching WWE, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, shoot. It was it was like watching a cat fight without a cat fight. <laughs> now with her winning her winning in fourteen seconds, is that one of the best quick performances you have ever seen in any sport? You know, that's probably the fastest title match I've ever seen. I think that was the fastest title match I ever saw. But in comparison to other sports, in, in quickness and everything like that, that was a, probably the most entertaining 14 seconds that I've seen in a long time that didn't get drawn out to like two hours like a football game does. See the thing. The thing I don't like about those quick fights, the, the UFC costs what forty nine dollars pay per view. Forty nine dollars. See, okay, I know you got the undercard. I understand that you got other matches before uh, before the main event. But man, at least give the people what they want. Make it last a little oh, bit. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Because I understand it is a sport, but at the same time, it's also entertainment. I used to get mad about when Mike Tyson used to fight, when when he was in his prime, how he used to knock out most of his people in the first round. And then I, I remember the Michael Spinks fight. He beat him in 91 seconds. I, like, yeah. was, I said, people don't spend $50 to $60 for, the, for a pay-per-view to only get to see Mike Tyson for three minutes or less than that. You know what Bernie Mac always said? Twelve round fight, but I don't think he's gonna go past three. <laughs> well, I want to ask you this then. You know, we have the great fight that's coming up May second that everybody's going to pay to see, or go to Buffalo Wild Wings or theater to watch it. Manny Pacquiao Ooh. versus Floyd Mayweather. That's going to go 12 rounds because none, none of those guys are really a knockout-type fighter. Uh, you know, you got Floyd Mayweather. He's more defensive. And Manny Pacquiao is kind of – he's not a defensive fighter like Floyd, but he kind of mimics his physicality. So I, I think that's going to go 12 rounds. So what, what is your thought about that bout coming up? And then also, is is it really worth paying – Eighty-nine to $90 for that pay-per-view because you know the price is going to go up because the, they are getting $250 million. They're going to split that. I, I think it's 60 right. or whatever. So what's your what's your take on that? 
you know, and not only is it going to be that much because it's a joint venture between HBO and Showtime, but that fight is probably going to be what what they call the fight of the century because this is two fighters that that are in their in their late prime, finally getting together in a fight that should have happened five six years ago. So for me. It's a long time coming. Thank God it's finally happening. But I want to see what Pacquiao can do with Mayweather's defense. Will he yeah. land the big shots? Will he? Will he? Will he be that that attack-minded fighter that got him to the dance? But, you know, we do have critics that can argue the point that both of these fighters are out of their prime. Do you feel that – I know people, like you said, this fight should have been made many years ago when they when we know for a fact that they both was in their prime. But we can also argue the fact that we're watching two washed-up fighters even though rest of the division is not even even close to where they are, but – Still, are we are we going to really see a great fight, or are we just hyping it up because of the fact that it's Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao? Well, you know, I watch a lot of boxing also, and that 147, 154, 160, you know, anywhere from that super welterweight to to uh, middleweight division, you got some stacked fighters in there. Um, you got Amir Khan. Uh, um, I mean, Gennady Golovkin, who wants to come down to 54 and would fight Floyd Mayweather at 54. But I don't think Floyd Mayweather has that kind of gumption to go up and fight a killer like, like Triple G. Andre Ward said he would come down to 54 to fight him. So if you're looking at a lot of options for the winner of this fight, even though they're past their quote-unquote primes. There's a lot of big money fights out there still. Well, you know, time does go on, and then after May 2nd, May 3rd, we will have a winner of this fight. Either Floyd Mayweather or, or Manny Pacquiao, what next big fight do you see after this one? Because, like you said, it is the fight of the century, Boxing has gone down to you know, MMA and UFC, and, and of course the the, the growing pop- popularity of um, college football and, and the NFL. Of course, what next big fight is out there after this one? The net, the, I mean, you got some great fights out there. You know, um, I know in June, I know March, you got. You got Canelo fighting. Uh, he's, he's fighting in. Uh, I can't remember who he's fighting. Canelo Alvarez is fighting, even though he's already lost to uh, Floyd Mayweather. Um, you, like I said Amir Khan, who's called out Floyd Mayweather on a couple of occasions, and um, a great British fighter. Um, but I w- I would like to see what Amir Khan can do. 
with a Manny Pacquiao or Floyd Mayweather being that they're in the same division. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about Canelo Alvarez, even though he did lose. Whew, man, Floyd took him to a clinic, <laughs> took him to church and back. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, so, he did. Yes, so, he did. So I hope that he can rebound from that because I mean, Floyd, and, and, and Floyd and Manny both are toward the end of their careers, so they're going to need so – I don't know, man. Boston is a tough sell now. When Floyd and Manny leaves, I really don't know who else can can hold up the the sport of boxing. Not just at their weight class, but the heavyweights. You know, I know we got Vladimir Klitschko and and, uh, and his brother or whatever. But I really don't see it coming back anymore. I think boxing has had its day, especially in this country, anyway. And, you know, the likes of Lennox Lewis and. Mike Tyson, and uh, shoot. of course the great Evander Holyfield. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I really and, don't uh, see. You know, I don't really see it a you know, uh, big name for years to come. I mean, you know, my thing is is uh, you know, I really got into boxing in that mid nineties to late two thousands, where you know, ACL and Showtime had had their set of super middleweights. You know, ACO had the had the uh, American middleweights, and and Showtime had the had the uh, the British middleweights. You know, the Steve Collins, the Joe Talzagis, the Nigel Benz, Chris Eubanks, and then you had James Tony, you had um, Roy Jones Jr. And, and those guys, and those guys never could get together to fight to fight each other. You know, you had. In that heyday, you had six of the best super middleweights ever, and neither one of them fought each other until Kawasaki fought Roy Jones Jr., which they were both out of their primes. You know, it just it just wasn't a great matchup. So nowadays, I mean, you got guys like like Tuscaloosa's own um, the new uh, WBC champion. Um, Deontay Wilder, and then you got Andre Ward, who's a, who won the uh, Super Six Middleweight Champion uh, Tournament and undisputed 160 champion. And then um, you know those are pretty much the only American fighters that you see right now. Those are the only well-known American fighters that you see. So I mean, is there a decline in boxing? Yes. Only because of MMA becoming that premier combat sport. Right, right, and um, <laughs> you know, I was uh, I would have made this statement, but I am. <laughs> WWE is not a sport, of course, it's sports entertainment. But shoot, I feel like WWE is more popular than boxing. You know that's the that, that's the sad, unfortunate truth because <laughs> you know for me growing up and as for you, Terrence, I mean, you know, for us it was like wrestling was wrestling when you had two or three organizations and you had talent spread everywhere. Nowadays, you don't have talent anywhere. 
you got like main eventers now who, if you put them on a, if you put them in other organizations, say a WCW, say a AWA, in this heyday, wouldn't even be mid carders. They probably wouldn't even be lower card guys. Probably wouldn't even be in the sport right now. But just so happens, you know, the WWE has lost its way, so they got to put them somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I feel you, man. We're going to take a quick station break, and we'll be right back. See Ham on the track!
Welcome back to the Live by Terrence show. T-Rex in the building. We also have Jermaine. We're talking up. That was CDP featuring T-Ham. That was the Arvin Tailgate song. Definitely War Eagle. <laughs> War Eagle. And also a special War Eagle. And, uh, and my condolences goes out to Auburn basketball player Antoine Mason. lost his father yesterday morning. Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, R.I.P. to Anthony Mason of the New York Knicks. He also played with Charlotte. He, and he, he was he was he was a grounder, man. He was a grounder. Uh, he gave the Chicago Bulls many fits in the uh, regular season and the playoffs. Um, he was known as the 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 Broadway bully. Yep. With him and Patrick Ewing and Charles Oakland, John Starts, Charles Smith. I mean, that that was a pretty good team that Pat Riley had. They just couldn't get over the hump. Yeah, it was kind of hard then because, you know, when you have someone like MJ that is an assassin, don't, yes. care, don't care about how you feel. He's going to put it to you. Day in and day day out, it was kind of hard to to win against Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. And the closest thing to him since is a player that I really don't like, but I respect his game. That's Kobe Bryant. I wouldn't. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I. <laughs> I've never liked Kobe. I always thought that Kobe was was a bit of a arrogant little some little something. And, I, I uh, feel the same way. I I, I just yeah, he kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. But I, I I have sentimental values toward him now with all these injuries and stuff that that's happening to him at the end of his career. So I kind of. It's, he growing on me now, as I know that his playing career is, is coming to an end. There's reports that 2015-2016 season is going to be his last season. So we're not going to see another player like him because people now like to sit down for paper cuts and 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 take days off. But you can That's always you can always say and always know that Kobe Bryant. And Michael Jordan never took a day off when they was on that basketball court. Unless they were absolutely hurt, broke down, sick. Even when they were sick, they still played. So I just think now the closest player I could put in that category would be a Russell Westbrook. Because that guy is relentless, man. If you ever just watch him play the whole game, he is He's a killer. Yes, <laughs> that dude is is on a mission, and I think he wants to separate the comparisons of who's better between him and Durant. I think he wants to point out and show people that hey, I can carry a team just as good as Kevin Durant can. And this might be, you know what, this might be an audition for him 
he might leave Oklahoma City and and and, and then you know, I would I would you know the, you know both of them are free agents after after next season so that's a good that's a good good point but I can also see them staying there and signing max deals if they bring yeah. in the right people so well, see, I mean, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Oklahoma City is supposed to be the Western Conference representative in the finals every year, you know, since they went to it a few years ago. And, of course, they lost to Miami in six. Their team was built, especially with the youth, and then they have uh, had veteran experience. They should have been in the finals the, the next or the last five to six years. You know, what really broke that dynamic to me, and I may be wrong about this, but when they actually made that gutsy call to trade Mr. James Harden to Houston and didn't get any value back for him, I think that that was probably part of the downfall right there because he was that great six-man off the bench. Or he could have been that three option if they put him in the starting lineup. I'm willing to bet that the general manager of the front office probably thought that Serge Ibaka would have been better than James Harden. I don't, I don't really think anybody saw this coming from James Harden. Being the third option on Oklahoma City to being an MVP caliber player, I bet you if they could have, if they can go back and not pull that deal, they would have kept him. And and that man, you were talking about what team you know have three caliber MVP players. All at one, all at the same time, not at different stages of their careers, but all three of them near or in their prime. That would have been a very well, scary. Yeah, let's think about that here. I mean, because last year you had, even though Derrick Rose didn't play last year, he only played in 13 games last year. I mean, you had Joe Kim Noah, you had. You know, uh, Lou Alding, who I thought was just about to come into his own with the Bulls before they pulled that dumb trade. Sending him to Cleveland. So I think you had three there, even though Ding was probably that outside-looking-in type of MVP candidate. And I may, like I said, I may be wrong on that, but I thought that, you know, that was that was where that was coming from. Yeah, that 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 dang trade hurt. I was kind of upset about that because he was always putting up seventeen a game. He was kind of like a poor man Scottie Pippen to me. He was gonna show up. He was gonna give it his all. When he was in that lineup, his ceiling pretty much was gone, and he was, you know, he'll make occasional All Star team. But I was kind of, I was kind of bitter with with the Bulls for them making that trade. But 
looking at it long term, I can see the vision that they had. Because Chicago is a very attractive city when it comes to, you know, the glam, the, the ritz of it. And they know that they can get free agents to come there and play. Because it's a big media market. Big media market. This is true. Yeah. And I think they was looking at it long so they, they was looking at they, they was looking at it in the sense of they you know, they were trying to go out to Carmelo and then they was kinda trying to romance Dwayne Wade too to come to Chicago. But you know that's where he's from. So I think they was looking at it thinking that they can get one of those top tier free agents, but hey, I'm satisfied with Paul Gasol. He's having uh pretty much a career year. He's averaging eighteen and twelve. The Lakers well, man, man. I don't know what the Lakers were thinking. They were trying to get rid of him. The Lakers played him out of position. They played him as a four instead of playing him as a as a they played him as a five instead of playing him as a three. Because he's a, he's a power forward. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I don't, he's not a center, even though he's six eleven. And I know that that, that the Bulls tried to get Mark Gasol from. From Memphis, but they would have to give up too much for them. So that trade didn't go through. Well, I know Jimmy Butler is having a, a, a breakout year. I know he's going to demand a max contract. If Butler wouldn't have had this breakout year, that could have been a change. That could have signed Mark or somebody <laughs> in free agency. Mm-hmm. And man, that would have been, that would have been. Just imagine the front line of Gasol, Noah, and Gasol. <laughs> Man, yeah. that was that. Yeah, that you got the triple towels. And you had, you know, you'd have Noah playing center. So I think that's his that's his natural position, even though he is undersized. Mark Gasol is a power forward. And you can actually move. You can actually move Powell over to that small forward three position because he can spread the floor. So I mean, you can go either way with that. Also, he's a he's a defensive liability. So I would I would try to implement this. I would run a two three, uh, run a two three zone. Yeah, with, with with that lineup, with uh, Rose when healthy, and then Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is one of the best defenders, perimeter defenders in the game. That would that would have been perfect. That would have been perfect to me. Oh yeah, I definitely will. And then you know you you got great bench help. I mean, you can go interchangeable with with Kirk Heinrich playing. You know the one or the two. Even though he can't shoot the ball as well, but when he does down that hot streak, you know things start to roll in. We're gonna take a quick station break, and we'll be right back.
I've had a conversation or two talking about me and you, but nothing definite. I'm unaware of your feelings on you. To all to mind, you fine, and I'm feeling your vibe. My mama, I'm telling that love is blind. I'll never go stop till I make you mine. Never know I'm stalking type. Just trying to find that switch to hopefully with bright lights. I'm on my grown man, and I know you know the deal. We've been kicking for a minute now. I think it's time to chill on this field. Your day. Feeling alright, gotta get my head right. Baby got me daydreaming. You're just a good to be true. All I ever think. About is you, 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 boy. You got me checking my phone every five seconds. You're just so good, I just can't help that. Everything's still so right, 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 right. Boy, you stay on my mind like blue. I swear it's true. Can't get enough of your love. No, no. I just gotta make you mine. I just wanna have you by my side. Passenger side, do you think that you can handle it? Cause if so, About it. I get the little butterflies inside my stomach like you just know what to say or do that makes me just want to love you. Every time I look into your eyes, I get deeper and deeper into you, baby, 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 baby. I just got to have your love. Won't you be my lover and my best friend? Stick with me till the very end. You're my best friend. And I love you.
From Chi-Town to the Ville. Nap down to the Natty. Hype is where it's at. For music and news. From hip-hop to Hollywood. Attention listeners. Attention listeners. Log on to thehypemagazine.com. For the hottest hip-hop and urban magazine you've ever seen. It's the 411 on the world of entertainment. New releases. And, and more. more. Just log on to thehypemagazine.com. In stores now at 7-Eleven. Kmart. Target. Barnes & Noble. Mars. Chicken Save. As well as all mobile devices. Hype. How you perceive everything. Welcome back to the Live by Terrence Show. T-Rex in the building with Jermaine. Let's talk about What's this dress, on, man. Let's talk about this dress. I know you probably have heard about this dress that everybody was going bonkers about, about it being blue and black and white and gold. When you first saw this dress, what, what colors did you see in, in, in this dress that we all just went bananas about? First, the first two colors I saw was actually blue and gold, and then I started seeing the black and I started seeing the white too. So I'm like, "What are these people talking about? You see all these colors in here." <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm like, "This goes viral for that." Like, come on now. I mean. It was weird, man. What did you think? What did you think? It was weird. It was weird. When I first saw the dress, it was blue and black. And then the next morning, it was white and gold. I said, "This is." I said, "This has to be impossible." Looking at the same dress, and it just all of a sudden is a different color. And right. Of course. I I brought it to Wendy's attention. She saw white and gold, and I saw blue and black. <laughs> she, she thought I was crazy. <laughs> I said, "No, nah, baby." I said, "The dress is really black and black and all. I mean, blue and black." <laughs> so, I mean, I just thought. I mean, I thought the, the dress was actually when I first saw it. I thought it was iridescent. You know, like from all the different color combinations that everybody was saying. I'm like. Yo, is it is this just iridescent or what? I mean, like, please let me know something. It is amazing how the brain works and how the eyes work. We can look at the same thing and perceive it or see it as different. I would definitely agree. And so the way the the reason why the dress was changing colors it was the the dim it was the light in the environment when of when they took took that picture. And then, so when our brains, when we look at it, our brain interprets different. It tell us or make our eyes look see it as whatever color that our brain register. It see and it has a lot of th- lot to do with um, pretty much your your brain activity and and the cones in your eyes, how you see colors. Right. I just thought it was amazing though. It was funny too though because. You know, people got in a lot of uh, got in a big debate about it. Even though you got people about ready to divorce their husband and wife just because. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. When to say the like, dress is white and gold? <laughs> she said it's still white and gold to her. She hasn't seen it as blue and black. But that's okay. That's okay. Cause like I said, I've seen all four colors. 
And when I first saw it, I thought it was blue and gold. So, you know, <laughs> that's why I'm like, you know, wow. I think that's the first time in the history of our civilization or society that men were talking about a dress <laughs> more than women. Yes. Or, or just as it's much. Like, <laughs> and it's like, it ain't that serious. We broke the internet for this. <laughs> that just show you, that show you just what can just occupy our minds. It don't really make any sense in the real world. We got millions of people across the world arguing about or or debating about what color of of a dress. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would rather somebody be arguing about some food that drops on the floor and you use the six second rule on it than to hear something about a dress. Hold on, hold on, You said six second rule. Well, when did it go up yeah. a second? I always thought it was a five second rule. I always thought it was six. See what I'm talking about? <laughs> My question is, is that is that really truth or is that a, a myth that we just been passing through generations? Because honestly, I haven't looked looked up the information to see. I always was told, you know, if something drop on the floor, it's a five-second rule before germs and stuff get on it. Is that really true, or is it something that we've been passing along to everybody that's willing to receive it? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. We should leave this up to the listeners. Exactly. <laughs> if anybody that's listening... Want to call in six four six three seven eight zero two nine eight to chime in on the five second rule? I just want to know, is it really true or not? Because I always, I was always told that certain things you just got to leave on the ground. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna that, exactly. so, I want to bring, I want to bring Wendy on the air. She wanna, she wanna explain this five second rule to us. That happened when a mom. <laughs> seen her child drop the food on the floor. Pick it up quick. Need it. I can't afford to go buy no more. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but now that we have we have animals, you know, <laughs> and I know your animals, they they're older animals, but they run like we say no. boat when they hear something hit the ground. <laughs> Yeah, with our animals, yeah, as soon as something hit the floor, we got three that's going to run up and get it. And, and four when the big kids are over. So <laughs> it's something else, man. <laughs> yeah. something, something else, something else. But like Wendy said, it ain't had nothing to do with germs. It's just some people can't afford to buy more food, so you better pick it up and eat it <laughs> real quick. <laughs> you know, I ain't even mad at you. I am not mad either. <laughs> not mad either. We're going to take a quick station break, and we'll be right back with more Jermaine.
in the lineup. They'll do it for the vibe for a couple loops. Shawty show me shaking for a combination. Wanna see the money start the conversation. Looking for a nigga with some money. Trying to gain to society like London. Shawty say I'm dope with a sack. Looking for me, she don't want me. Turn up in here, T-Rex in the building, the Live by Terrence Show, King Underground Media. We also have Jermaine in the building as well. Turn up. What up, everybody? <laughs> turn up, turn up, turn up, yeah. I got I somebody get off some water my chest. I got somebody to get off my chest. Two cult-like movies. On at the same time, one being the Blues Brothers, and the other one being Super Bad. So it was kind of a, a dilemma. This was 
this has been weeks ago. Actually, this was on um, a mini honeymoon when we had pretty much, we pretty much tapped out. We pretty much tapped out, and I woke up and these two great movies were on. So I had to make a decision on which one I wanted to watch. <laughs> Because I have seen both of them multiple times. I must have slept through that. Yeah, of course, yes. You did, you did sleep through that. <laughs> Guess what movie I chose, man? And I was like, man, I said, this, I said, I guess I'm not devaluing the other movie because I watched this one, but I, I couldn't believe it, man, because... That is a cult-like movie. Both of these are cult-like movies. Lay it on me, homie. So do you know which, which movie I turned out? <laughs> which one did you watch? Man. And if I'm not mistaken, this was like two Sundays ago. And I'm going to tell you which one I watched. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let me tell you first, though. I ended up watching Super okay. Bad. I watched Superbad over the Blues Brothers. See, I went the opposite way. I ended up watching the Blues Brothers. Now, what, because, what? Okay, yeah, go ahead and explain yourself on that one. <laughs> because when I turned it to the Blues Brothers, it was at the part where they were in the beauty shop and Aretha Franklin was singing Think. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, that's the part of the movie when it starts getting real good. So, yeah. I had to watch the end of the movie. If I didn't, I wouldn't even be a Chicago-born dude if I didn't. So, that's what I felt. I felt yeah. I felt bad. I felt bad when I'm super bad because I said, man, that that movie was that movie is all about Chicago. Everything, the police chase. Yep. In the mall, you saw the jewel grocery store sign, the Chicago police cars, the Sears yeah. Tower. And I felt like I traded my Chicago card in to watch Superbad. See, what had happened was, I mean, you know, you, you, can't, <laughs> you can't feel bad about that because, like you said, those are two cult movies that. You really couldn't go wrong to even watch or look at. So, you know, I kind of, I kind of feel your pain on that. Yeah, yeah, that's something I wanted to bring up on the show because I know you, Chicago born, the Blues Brothers, man. That that was great. My scene was the James Brown scene <laughs> when it was in oh, the church. Oh man, that was funny. That that is probably the funniest scene in that movie. Yes, that other than other than the the, the nun with the ruler <laughs> at the beginning of the movie, I thought that was crazy and funny too. So, yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoyed that scene. Of course, Rita Franklin and the the police chase scene in the mall. That was that was epic, man. The way they were yeah. just they was going through them gross. I mean, them um uh, grocery store, but them shops and stuff. <laughs> That was that was pretty that was pretty epic there. I, I just want to make sure I was feeling bad about that man. You know? Well, I'm I'm trying to remember. 
you know, you've been you've been back and forth to Chicago a couple of times, right? What's the mall for you to go to? Man, I I'll tell you what, the best mall I went to up there was Gurney Mills, man. That's with uh I'm trying to think what direction south what direction I said south but it's not south. I'm trying to Gurney Mills. I'm trying to remember you you know what Gurney Mills is, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to remember myself. I'm trying to remember if it's I can't over remember Midway no. Airport or is it over I gotta look on the map. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Now you say that, but I'm I'm almost thinking that it's like over by Midway Airport. It probably is. I was Man, that, that, that okay, I tell you okay. What well, where's um man, I should know this. What side of Chicago is the Great uh Great America Six Flags on? Because I, I remember that's the I remember north side. That's, that's that's the north side out past Northwestern. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because I, I kind of vaguely remember now. We passed there, and I remember um, there was a Wisconsin Dales coming up. So I, it had to be mm-hmm. North Chicago then. Man, I'm telling you, that mall was like a size of a city. The third largest mall in Illinois. The, the third largest mall yeah. in Illinois. <laughs> Thank you, babe. Man, I'm telling you, that thing was the size of a city. I remember, I remember, I remember that. That was probably like my favorite mall. I only went that one time with my brother. Myself, like my favorite mall was to go to. Like, if you know anything about North Avenue, up by the fruit market. Nah, I didn't touch North Avenue, man. My uncle, my uncle, my grandmother, they lived on North Avenue, off North Avenue in Cortland. So, yeah, man, I, I just didn't mess with North Avenue, man. What you mess with North Avenue for, man? Man, yeah, that's, that's what my grandparents, that's what my grandmother did, man. That wasn't my fault. Okay. Myself, you know, they lived on Cortland, so they lived off North Avenue. But my favorite mall was the Brickyard. In the brickyard, the brickyard. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I was, I was young. I was young, man, and like my mom used to take us to Madigan. If anybody knows Chicago, they know Madigan. So, and Madigan had this little spot where they had a sideboard in the mall, like in their store, and all the kids would like ride down this. Ride down the sliding board. Well, one day I'm trying to get up to where the sliding board is. Left my mother. They couldn't find me nowhere. <laughs> I then went around the mall looking for them. Mm-hmm. Ended up on the on the first floor. And the security guard asked me like, Where, "Where's your mother and everybody at?" Because they seen me crying and stuff. <laughs> calling out for everybody, and then they had to call my mom. They had to come get me. Needless to say, I got child abuse that night. Oh, man. Yeah. Breaking news. Break, do we need to file up a report, man? I don't think the statute of limitations passed on that. I mean, that's that started for it. Mean, that, that was like 28 years ago, bro. I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean. I 
That's all I'm about nah. to call uh, Cook County. Call Cook County, yeah, man. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, <laughs> anyway, we, you know, you know, I ain't trying to put nobody in jail or nothing like that, but, <laughs> you know, that, that was like my child, that was like one of my favorite places to go because I, I used to get my shoes there, I used to get my school clothes. That's where my sisters and everybody used to hang out at. So, you know, and it was like right there where everybody was. Anybody who's anybody was at the brickyard. Well, I want to ask you this. I have a question from the Queen of Underground Media. What was the what what, what was the logo? Was it a big red B? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was actually. It was like in the it was like in the shape of uh, piles. In a B on the side of the building. Okay. But then I think they changed it since then, though. That I was I was young. And that was that. You know what? We was talking about going to Chicago this year. We, we, we might have to uh, check out the brickyard. Check out the brickyard. We might we might even have to extend the invite, maybe. Since you from Chicago, yeah. not from Chicago, man. I always wanted to. I, I always wanted to go out as an adult up there, man. I haven't been up there. I have been up there since I was in high school. Dude, I want to go. To, I mean, like Lush Street and Navy Pier. That's all I want to do. But I ain't messing with North Avenue, though, man. Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't that bad. I mean, especially like right up in like right up in that area, you know, North Avenue. Now, if you're talking about going further okay. down North Avenue. Like, North Avenue and Madison meet at? Yeah. And then we got a problem, but, you know, this on the north side of town now. Yeah, north side wasn't that bad. North side was was pretty much safe. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what my people were. They was on the south side where the the Jay's potato chip factory was. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm 120 off of, off of, uh. What's that? One thirty second in a uh, Halstead or yeah, uh, that Halstead. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. It was some um, it was some townhouses down the street from Jay's called the London Townhouses. I don't know if you're yes. familiar. Yes, yes. That's where that's where my grandparents live. So I was there every summer over there in London Townhouses. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So if you remember Jay's, then you should remember Okie Doke Popcorn too. Yes, yes, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man, I'm telling you, man, I miss Chicago. I got, I gotta go back. I haven't been there, man. It's been like 18 years, man. I was going every year because I stayed a little. That's I was three years old. Cause right. My parents wanted to move out here, so. But I went every after when we got out of school, man. When I went up there every summer, man, from as far as I can remember till after I graduated from high school, and it just all stopped. It just all stopped. Yeah. I hate that though. My brother still lives there. Well, my you know he's my half brother, and I got right. two half sisters that still live in Chicago, and I got a plethora of. Family members that's in Chicago, and also they stretch all the way out to uh, Hammond, Indiana, Gary, Indiana. Man, I miss, yep. I miss, I, I like miss myself? Like myself, yeah. they all over Chicago too. 
But mine go up to Milwaukee, out to the Quad Cities, Minneapolis, Detroit, Indy. Dude, we all over the Midwest, bro. Yeah, man. I, I, I could just remember the time. <laughs> oh, man. You didn't want to tell nobody that one now. <laughs> but, hey. <laughs> It is what it is. I love Arkansas, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I just lost the train of thought there. <laughs> hey, Chicago, that city, man. I just remember just riding down Dan Ryan Expressway, Lakeshore Dude. Drive. Yeah, man. I was, I man. It was just nice. Road on Friday night, the late front. On on Thursday night. Uh-huh. Oh. North Side Man, I, Man, I went to the beach, man. North Side Chicago. Yep. Tui Avenue. Uh, shout out to my cousin. Yeah, North, yeah. Man, I hung out up there, man. Went to the beach. It was nice. It was real nice, man. I enjoyed the North Side. Northside ain't had no problems, man. It was just like on the south side, and then of course in Gary, man, I had, I had, had oh yeah, people, yeah. Had people want to fight me and stuff. Yeah, Gary, Gary was no place for for anybody to go. Don't mess with Fifth Avenue in Gary, Indiana. <laughs> well, let me ask you this though. What's the best barbecue place you've ever ate at in Chicago? Uh, I can't remember by name, but I can tell you the best sandwich I have ever eaten Ooh. in Chicago, the Italian beef sandwiches, man. Oh, my God. See, I wasn't one for the Italian beef, but if you got me some tacos and a sausage, I was good oh, to go. Man. Them hot sausages. Hey, we're, <laughs> we're making a trip July the 4th, man. We're making a trip 4th of July week. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I got to let, let my cousin, Courtney, know. My, man, yeah. If we do this, we're going to do a big. Uh, we're going to do a big. Uh, we're going to do a big for real because um, I, I already told Twister, whenever whenever I touch down to Chicago again, we're going to make sure to uh, hit him up. <laughs> Oh, immediately. Immediately. Then we might have to, you know, get some connections and meet R. Kelly, too. <laughs> Just long, you know, you know. Why, why, why you want to hang out with R. Kelly? I don't want to hang out with R. Kelly. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, my baby Kelly. hang out with R. Kelly. <laughs> oh, yeah, never mind. Second thought. Yeah, yeah, never mind, never mind. We can't, we can't have that. <laughs> He might wanna he might wanna urinate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just think yeah, no, 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 no. We can't we can't be having any of that, man. No, we can't have that. I'm trying to come back home to my job. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love that city, man. I, it, it's 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 Emmy. It's always gonna be Emmy. Always have been Emmy, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm definitely looking looking forward to traveling up there, you know, as an adult. 
because being a child in Chicago is a lot different than being an adult, so I definitely want to experience that. But we're going to take a quick station break, and we'll be right back. Everything. 
Welcome back to the Live by Terrence Show. I am T-Rex. We also have Jermaine in the building, and we're about to introduce our guest. He is deeply rooted from Boston, Massachusetts. He is an emerging hip-hop rap artist. That's want to bring him on. He he has his Irish side. He vibes with his Irish side. Positive state of mind, musical ability that stretches beyond his years. We're going to welcome the great Connor Cassidy. How you doing tonight, sir? What's good? Yo, what up? <laughs> ah, Thank you, man. Thank you for taking the time to be on the show tonight. It's definitely an honor and a pleasure. Uh, definitely been checking out your music and, and instantly became a fan of yours. Uh, tell us how did, how you were inspired to get into the music industry. Word, yo, man. Before we start out, bro, I just gotta say, yo, this is our uh, this is my first time ever being on like a live show, ever being on anything related to radio, whether it's online, anything, dude. We in the building right now. I got like twenty of my buddies who were just wilding out like ten minutes ago before I kicked them out. And um, yeah, man, it's a big, mo- it's a big moment, man. Like I, pre- you don't gotta thank me. I appreciate you, man. This is crazy. Uh, no problem at all. No problem at all. Uh, what, what was how how did you get into the music industry? Uh, what, what were some of your influences? Um, you know, man, growing up, dude, I didn't really listen to hip hop, man. I like, I was like a big punk kid when I was growing up, man. I like, I would okay. always go to the punk concerts and we'd do like, and it was looking back on it, like I was young and it was some hardcore shit. Like we would, do, we'd be crowd surfing, like mosh pits. Um, inspiration wise, like later it became like Tupac and Most Def, and these guys became huge figures in my life. Um, just because I was always a kid who was so like, I don't know, man. I like, I like looked at. People like that is kind of like my unspoken teachers, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of taught lifestyle stuff. So I wasn't really, I was never a bad student or anything, but I was would learn how to live through those guys. Um, but yeah, man, growing up, I like I listened to uh, a lot of Rise Against, if you know them, punk rock bands. They're crazy, man. Um, who else, man? Blink One Eighty Two is sweet. Okay. Um, Some Forty One, all the classics, man. I love those guys. Now, what's the difference in environments between being in the punk scene versus being in the hip hop world? That's a good question, man. Yo, I just think, dude, I just think it's energy, man. And I don't mean that. I, th- I think both both have good sides to contribute. You know what I mean? But like, um, I don't know, man. Like, I just loved. This is gonna sound weird, but like, the punk rock scene, man, is just really like. Although on the outside, of people who don't understand that kind of world and that kind of genre, like, it can seem like kind of crazy just because some of either the sounds like they don't get the screaming or they don't get the anger in it or whatever. Um, but I think it's a, it's a more, a more encoded version of hip hop as in hip hop gives you room where you can really talk things out. You can kind of get your point across easier than you can in other genres in my mind. Um, but dude, punk is just so, it's just life music, man. Those, 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 the whole vibe of like living the way you want and living for things like love and living for things like, I don't know, man, it, it really, it really like dishes off, so it gets rid of the political structure of things and it focus more on lifestyle stuff, man. That's what I love, man. Like when I was growing up, I would go to those concerts, dude. You just sit there, you see your mm-hmm. favorite band, man. You just forget what's going on, man. I mean, that's the same way with hip hop. Like I'm the kind of dude when I go to shows and like my favorite shows are when I have a connection to the artist and I like know their whole backstory. I'm obsessive, man. I know like the backstory of my favorite artist and like they're fucking. Can I swear on the radio? I'm sorry. Now your wildest experience. Will it more likely come from being being at a punk rock concert or being in a hip hop concert or venue? Gotcha. I mean, do you mean if I'm on stage or if I'm in the crowd? Either or. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, 
I would, I would definitely, dude, I would definitely say punk, man. Punk's, uh, punk, punk is, there's some thing, like, dude, they do this thing called wallet. I advise everyone to check it out, man. If you haven't, if you haven't been to, like, that kind of thing, because that's the music that inspired me growing up, so I advise everyone to check that out, man. Like, they do things, like, where they split the crowd, and, um, and it's funny, I was actually, I actually saw ASAP Ferg last night, so I actually saw him doing some of this stuff, so I was like, oh, look at that. Like, <laughs> things are, things are, you know, hip-hop's taking notes, and things are getting a little, a little crazier, but yeah. Um, oh yeah. Punk, punk, and people, people like I'm talking so many people crowd serving that you it's like breaking your neck and like go to festivals and you come back roasted out. You come back to the house like absolutely burnt out. Oh, man, energy is just ridiculous, dude. Craziness. But yeah, they're not. I mean, punk is like they just really don't care, man. Like they just do what they just do what it is. So they'll do crazy things. Like they'll make like I was I was at a concert one time where it was like. Uh, I was it was some band like Suicide Silence or so I don't know but they they like split the crowd and then they were like all right on the count of three like uh, you look at someone on the other side and you just attack them and everyone was like what and you have like dark blaring guitar in the background and like people actually did it and it was nuts man and I'm like that that's a little too far but it was it was you'll see some things bro I've seen some things so yeah now now with, with your music. Um, the song we're gonna play, "Getaway," it has kind of like a laid-back sound. What is the first thing your fans tell you about your music once they hear it? Um, I mean, I guess I guess the response I've got, man, it's like this has been. I mean, I've only been in it for two and a half years, man, but it, to me, man, it's felt like a lifetime, man. Like I gave when I when I made that move to really get into music, I kind of threw myself in it. If that makes sense, because I I know some I know rappers and stuff because I'm deep in the scene now. I know underground dudes who like. I don't know. They're, they're this and this and this, or they have like other things that they pursue. But man, I just threw all, I just threw myself in it, man. Like I immersed myself in the field. Um, so, and back to the question, like, uh, what my fans tell me, man, is I would just say that it's, it's me, man. That's it. Like I just want to be, that's, and I'm, I'm constantly striving to get better at it. But I just want to be as pure as possible, man. I want to be like growing up, kind of having that experience, going to these acts, and I still do. I still go to my favorite acts and rap guys, whatever genre it is, and like. The thing I admire most about them is they're able to weave through all this industry stuff. They're able to weave through everything um, and still keep that feeling of just being so authentic, man. Like, they just, like, I don't know, dude. I just, that's, so that's what I'd say my fans like, respect about me, man. It's because, like, I don't have, like, a crazy fan base or anything. Um, mm-hmm. But the fans that I do have really know me, man. Like, that they, like, they'll come to the show. Like, with the shows that we did in the city back in Boston, I've been doing for a while. And um, there's this group of, like, I'd say, like, 10 or 15 people who um just been riding with me, man, and like they just that that's what that's what drives me, man. These, these kids who are just like younger and like they can see what I'm saying or like they pick up on certain things in the music and they know stuff that just like they'll come to shows and they'll I'll, I'll be I'll hang around after and I'll talk to them and like uh-huh. kind of learn their story a little bit. So we just kind of bounce off each other's stories, man. It's real cool, man. It, it, it's you know it's what I want. So that's that's what it, that's what it is. Okay, use one word to describe. Your sound. Hmm, that's a dope question. Um, damn. Hold up. Can, I, can, can you give me like? Can you give me like twenty seconds? Oh yeah, I give you like twenty seconds. Jermaine, what's Word. up, man? What, what, what you think of the interview so Word. far? I'm thinking I'm liking this kid already. Like, I would love to hear some of his music and see what he got. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, mean, I, Most love, I love his energy. I love I love the energy that he that he's pulling off and see myself like I love the hip hop culture and I love the punk rock culture 
and when you can intermesh them, it makes for great music and great things to happen. So I'm really looking forward to him hearing what he what he got. And also my question is, is there anybody right now that really inspires you to keep pressing on? Even like you said, you've been in the game like what, two and a half years? Yes, sir. So, I mean, like, what keeps you pressing on and keeps you wanting to make yourself that much better? That's a really good question, man. I mean, you know what's crazy, man, is that I think I'm a pretty, like, spiritual dude, and I think that everyone has different concepts about how time works because some people, like, I think people, like, cave in and stop giving up on their passion because they're afraid, man. And I think just, like, and they should be. Like, I, I see, I get that, like, the, the things you got to do, the things I've had to deal with, and I'm not even anywhere yet, man. Like the things I've had to deal with, just in the industry or in life or whatever it is, um, it's easy to cave, man. But at the end of the day, dude, it's it's bigger. Like what, what drives me is like, I mean, I know this sound might sound bogus from like an indie interview on the on like you know, but man, like I, I want to change the world, man. That's what it is. Like it's, I think it's crazy that you can take a concept like that, and um, and it can drive you that far, and it has been, man. It is, it's been tough too. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's been, there's been nights, bro. But at the end of the day, man, like, I want to be someone. I think it's important to be someone that trains themselves to stand for something real enough to the point where other people can can feed off that energy. Like, kind of how Pac said it, man. If I'm not going to change the world, I might spark the change it did. You know? So, I mean, that's – and it's, it's very – and I, like, honest, I can say that confidently, man. I've done that. I've been through the trials, and i got a long, long, long way to go, man. But it's a, it's a fun road, man. We 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 me and we and my team enjoy the road more than we do the destination. So it's uh it's cool, man. It's it's so that that's what I say would drive me, man. Is the, the just this intent that when I do pass on, that we look back and see a ridiculous spark, man. That's what it is. I'm sorry, sorry to bring that like vibe in the room, but yeah, yeah. That's, oh no, that's no, awesome. that's an awesome answer, man. Yeah, that's a great answer, man. Cause we, we we're spiritual as well too, and. And one thing I like about you, Connor, you, I, I like the energy that you bring, man. Word, man. Appreciate You said this is your first interview, man. It sounds like you've been doing this for many years, yeah, man. Yeah. I definitely, <laughs> definitely want to salute yeah. you. Yeah. Word up, man. Yeah, man. This is a big. I, as I said, bro, this is a big moment, dude. I was like, I was like, uh, I called up my boy T from home, and I was like, man, we about to be on online, bro. Like, we gonna have someone who actually like heard our tune talking to man. Stoked, bro. Stoked. This is sweet. I'm enjoying myself. Now, I, I want to ask you about the one word uh, to describe your sound in just a moment, but uh, talk about the team that you have, uh, friends, family that that's backing you and supporting you in, in your venture as being uh, an word. artist. Word. Okay, yeah, that's wicked important, man. That's that's good. Um, okay, yeah, so we got... I'm you. It's kind of, I'm gonna do this kind of like shout out style. So we got my boy Andrew Signa, who's basically uh, me and him started a clothing line about a year and a half ago. But aside from that, man, like bigger than any of that, he's just my like dude, man. Like everyone, everyone who's helped me with my music and has pushed it thus far has been either people who are just really prominent in my life, um, or people who generally just like the sound that I met. And uh, like you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people who I de- who don't know don't know me that well. But um, I think the music gives me a, a way of communication to them. Um, that's, what, that's what music at the end of the day is, is communication. So, I mean, it keeps me tied with the right people. Um, 
But in terms of the actual team, I'll say Andrew Signa is huge, man. That kid, dude. And he makes EDM tunes, too, that are unbelievable. I'm going to send you all that, too. But he, man, me and him have been at it for so you know, you just, you know, Everyone's got their right hand, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So he's so that's my dude, man. He just, like, from the graphics, from the – he like he believed in me back when there wasn't even a show, man. And uh, it's been a road. And we just – and every day we, we have phone calls for hours and whatnot, trying to figure out this, trying to figure out that. We've driven out 10 hours to shows together, man. Um, God, dude, it's, it's, this, is, this is cool. It's making me reflect on this. Um, yeah, man, he, he gave me a place to sleep when I didn't have anywhere to sleep. Um, it's, it's just real, like – it just bond, man. It, it goes bigger than music. It goes bigger than business. It goes bigger than the clothing line. It goes bigger than everything, man. It's just, but that's stuff we've done together. So I think, you know, it's just cool to say that those kids that I've been with him for years and years and years. We actually met through music, which was cool. Um, oh. He hit me up like way, he hit me up on like my my second show of all time, and was like, "Yo, man, uh, do you need someone to like record your show?" I was 14 years old. He was like, "Yo, you need someone to record your show?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, come through." And that was it. And crazy, man. Um, then we have what's called. Then we have Terso Pena, who's um, like my best friend ever, man. He he helped me push the tunes. He really helped me. He's just one of the realest dudes of all time, man. He helped me kind of fund this uh, this hometown buzz we got. Uh, not even just through music, just being us, man. We we just had this network of people, and uh, we just I don't know, man. We just we just be out, and it'd be um, we'd be us, and we'd be not like we'd be flashing or anything, but we'd just be out, and you know, he was just a real enough dude where it's a crazy association. Um, and the dude, that kid, man, like, I, I would sleep at his house, like, three days out of the week when I get kicked out of mine, or, like, he just, I don't know, dude, he, he, he's had my back through things that are, that I can't say on the radio, which is cool. Um, and then there's Sean Mula, who, um, is a big, is a big producer for me. Um, but more than that, dude, he's also my best friend, man, and just, like, these are, I mean, words can't really describe what these people are to me, so if they're listening like that, I'm just, I'm just sorry, guys. Like, I, I'm going to do my best. Um, but, yeah, man, he, dude, again, just like my dude, man, We have, I'm, I take pride in having some of the, a small circle, but having some of the best friends of all time. Um, so me and him have been at this music thing forever, man, whether it's shooting each other's videos, writing each other's press releases, yada, yada, doing more than that, man. Like, when his dad died, we were all at his funeral, and we were the only ones that were there to be his, like, uh, what's called, be his... Um, thing to fall back on and I had a, and he has my back in any situation ever it's bigger than life man it's crazy these are kids that I feel like eternally I know I'm going to be kicking it with them when I'm 80 years old and this music thing just became a piece of our identity and we go to every show together he hype mans every show um, that I do I hype man, I, he's actually a rapper too I hype man every show that he does um, it just became a cool yeah it became a cool element man I got I mean, I, I got way too we could talk for hours about people on the team man shout out to Joey um, what's called shout to uh, yeah shout to my mom and pops. God damn, they've been uh. I mean I don't think I don't think they really get it. If that makes oh, sense. Oh yeah. I mean I could I could go into that. I don't think they get it just because like I'll be like yo ma I uh, I got a show um I got a show downtown and I should be like all right have fun um you know so uh, yeah I don't think I don't think they get it because I was I kind of do my own thing but they they've been supportive man they 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 support my decisions so that's that's really really important and they did the biggest thing of them all and they raised me up, man. So that's to be a kid who had both of his parents is I don't take that for granted, man. So that's dope. And then uh shout out to my sister Caitlin who lives out in who lives out in New York right now trying to do her acting thing. She I love my sister, man. <laughs> I would these these are all people I would die for, man. Like this is this is cool. That so that that's really that's really the main 
hope I'm not forgetting anyone, dude. That's really the main team I got of people that support me. And, of course, there's a ton of other people, man. But in terms of right-hand folk, that's that's about it. Sure. Hey, that's what's up, man. I'm glad you remember everybody that you had to give a shout-out to. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. No, I know I'm going to forget one person, and they're going to hit me up and be like, yo, what the – whatever, man. It's, it's cool. I'll – I'll deal with that. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, man. We. Uh, yeah, yeah. I could I could sit here giving shout outs for ages, but we good. <laughs> Terrence, here's my question. This okay. Is for, this is for the for all three of us. Sure. If you could have that one dream concert and headline. Okay. For anybody, like headlines okay. with these guys, give me a lineup. Five guys. A lineup of the guys I would headline with. Yes. Okay. Um, can it can it be like? Do they have to be alive, or can it be like? For they have to be alive, right? I mean, like if you want to like jam <laughs> do it like a mixtape, a jam session, anything. You I know. want Tupac hologram. I want. No, I'm kidding. Um, no. Uh, okay. Um, you said three guys, right? Five. Or five guys. Okay. Uh, right now, currently in the game, five guys are headline with. Okay. Um, I would definitely perform at, let's start with the venue. I perform at the Garden in Boston because that's a symbolic um, venue for my city. Uh, that's one of my biggest goals in life is to perform at the, perform at the Garden. Um, so it would be at the Garden, and it'd be uh, my lineup would probably be most deaf, will go on first, and then Kendrick Lamar would go on next, and then this is going to be a shocker. This girl, Lacey Sturm, you guys, I'd I, I be phenomenally impressed if you guys know her. She's so far from hip-hop, uh, but she she was a singer of this band called Flyleaf, and I just am like a huge, huge fan of her music, so I would love to have a singer in there. So Lacey Sturm would be in there. She's a big influence on my part, too. Um, so she'd be in there. So we got Lacey Sturm, Kendrick Lamar, Most Def. Um, then I'd have probably Drake to bring the honeys out. And uh, <laughs> and, I, and I'm a huge – I like his music a lot, man. He's undeniably incredible. Um, so we got Drake, Lacey, uh, Kendrick, Most Def, and then uh, probably RZA from Wu-Tang Clan, man. I recently I recently read his book and it was incredible, and I like yeah. it reminded me of like that music and I was like man, damn. So yeah, that would probably, that would probably be my uh, my setup, and I'm sure I'd change it if I had a lot of time to think about it. But off the top, that's probably what it is. Yeah, Def- definitely a shout out to RZA. I also respect him for his acting ability too. We got a song by oh, Connor Cat yeah, that's about to come up. He's still going. He's still going to give us that one word that describes his sound. But before he does that, we're going to let you check out his single called "Getaway," and we'll be right back with more Connor Cassidy.
So people still searching for this truth here.
one word to describe my sound, man. I'm still, yo, I'm still bugging out that that you just played my song <laughs> on the radio, man. That is, that is, woo! I, you know, I was just running around like telling everyone, like, yo, listen, to this. Like, oh man, oh dude, ridiculous, man. Huge, no, nah, man, huge moment, dude. What time is it? I'm marking this down. Thirty-four. <laughs> March 1st, 2015. We out here. Uh, all right. Uh, one word to describe my sound, man. I would say uh, I would say unafraid, bro. And I'll explain why. I'll explain why I say that. Okay. Um, I would say I would say unafraid because I think a lot. I think more so in the new records I'm putting out. But there's gonna be things. There's gonna be topics I bring up that are gonna go against a lot of norms, and they're gonna go against a lot of preconceptions. Gonna go against a lot of what's acceptable and what's not. Um, in a lot of different ways. So I think that's, I think unafraid just in terms of, I'm not scared to take it there. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not scared to, I'm going to speak my mind regardless of what, of what anyone's got to say. So yeah, that's what, cause that's, that's what I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to say what's on everybody's mind, but then no one can say. So, you know, and even keeping it lyrical. And I think, again, I think a lot of the new tunes are going to show that more, but even, um even like, even like tracks like getaway, I think, I love that record because there's a lot to dissect in that, you know. Um, still pushing more drive than your new bands. Still got a tight aim for the loose ends. Bad fools, I could pay dues with my two cents. Like, just, I don't know, man. There's just a lot of stuff in there that's like, yeah. So I, w- I would say unafraid is my sound. That's yeah. what's up. Weird, well, kind I, of a weird I would word. use the word smooth. Use the word what? I would use the word smooth for you. Smooth word. I like that. Yeah, most definitely. most definitely. Connor, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the Live by Terrence show. You can find Connor on Twitter at Connor TK Cassidy. Rap, rap. Is, is there anything else you would like to plug at this time? Anything else I'd like to plug? Um, man, I just want yo, I just want to say whoever tuning in right now, um, whether you heard me before, or you had this is your first time, man. I just thank you for your time, man. Even the past fifteen minutes just listening, man, it's crazy, dude. I'm blessed to be out here. Um, thanks to thanks to Rex, thanks to the whole Terrence show. Um, we out here, man, for sure. Well, thank you, Connor, and we'll definitely we'll be in touch with you, and and you, you have a blessed day, man. You too, man. Peace out. Nice to meet you, man. Yes, that was Connor Cassidy. You got to check him out. That was a great hit there, Getaway. I like like the smooth vibes of that song. Mm. Does he not remind you of like a? Does he not remind you of a, a Lute or somebody like that? Like with his style. Oh yeah, oh yeah, most definitely, man. We 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 need that in mainstream radio, definitely, cause the stuff that's out there now is is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like I like that conscious conscious rap, and I also like those smooth tunes like that, man, something you can ride to, man. That's some riding music right there, man. You pop that in, in you know, your, your iPod, your MP3 or whatever, stream it, and you just ride out to that. I'm telling you, that that's the sound. We're going to keep the show moving on. Got a very dear friend of mine. He might not, not know this, but he is a mentor of mine as well because I really respect what he does on the turntable. He goes by the name of Ben Brood. He's been electrifying dance floors across the Southeast for the past five years. He has shared the stages with artists such as Nelly, the Yin Yang Twins, Cage, the Elephant, Buck Cherry, 
DJ Tina T, DJ Hard Work, and so on. He is one of the resident DJs at any club down in Auburn, Alabama, Auburn University campus. I want to welcome the great Ben Brew to the show. How you doing tonight, sir? What's up, Terrence? I appreciate you having me on tonight, man. Uh, no problem at all, man. I just want to say I really respect you as a person and and, and the work that you put in, man. You, I'm telling you, if y'all have not been out at Auburn University campus anywhere, 1716, even Skybar, Bourbon Street, or Coyotes, yeah. Ben Brute knows how to turn up, man. I'm telling you, the crowd, hey. wow. I, I, it's like I, I'm always at awe when I go to one of his events because it seemed like he just had all all the people in, in a trance and stuff. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I'm just, I, yeah, I'm just glad that whenever you come out, you know, I see, I'm like, this guy's working hard, but yet you still make time to come out and just, I'm impressed with that, you know. I don't know how you make time to come out on uh, weekend nights like that, but I, every every time you come out, I try to put on a good show for you. Well, I appreciate that, and, and of course, my my wife enjoys it too. We love getting on the stage with you and just and just hanging out and having a good time. Jermaine, you be missing out, man. Jermaine, you need to get your butt out sometime. Too. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, you- hey, hey, yeah, I do, I do. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I do need to get out some, get something to flat off me so I can dance, dance <laughs> some of your good music. You know what I mean? Give me a little workout in. Now, Ben, one of the first questions I want to ask you is, how did you get involved into becoming a DJ? And it's it's kind of a, a weird story. I grew up kind of out in the middle of nowhere in the woods, uh, like small school and everything. Music really wasn't that big. Uh, like I didn't start listening to like actual music until I was probably sixteen or seventeen. Uh, but when I picked it up, I started. <clears throat> Started just listening a little bit of hip hop, a little bit of, a little bit of everything. But I started to dance. Like I just wanted to, you know, just have fun, hang out. We'd have a few little house parties, and people, we'd have like dance offs and stuff. So I started learning how to break dance. So this is all like YouTube tutorials and stuff because there's nobody obviously that break, you know, would break out where I was at. <laughs> okay. And uh, so break dance is kind of what got me into music. So we started throwing house parties, and no one really did the music. So just by me dancing, I knew what people could dance to and what they wanted to hear, and I just kind of took over that role, and uh, and I just went on from there, and the music kind of... I had more fun DJing than I did dancing, so I I just split my path and uh, followed the path of the DJ as opposed to the dancer because I enjoyed it much more. But that's what that's what got it started. I started dancing, then I got into DJing, and then it kind of took off from there. I entered in some contests. Uh, there was one in Birmingham. It was called it was uh, for the Crawfish Boil, which is this big kind of weekend uh, festival they have that goes on. So I entered in a competition for that. And this is like right when I started. I was I was definitely very green as a DJ and. I don't know how I I ended up getting second place in the competition, so they let me uh, perform on their in their vitamin water tower that overlooked this huge crowd. It was uh, it was terrifying because it was my first like public gig, and there was uh, thousands of people there, and it was 
it was it was something so that kind of kept my nerves for the rest of the the rest of the time that I've been a DJ. So now doing your, doing your first gig, how how nervous were you? You really uh, were. Oh man, it was terrifying because, like I said, it was up in this tower. So I was walking up these stairs and I was just shaking. And you know, it's probably a fifty foot tower. So I'm shaking, walking up the stairs, and uh, I get to the top. And I'm looking, looking down at the crowd, and then there's cameras all over my face. I can see myself on these big, like, LED screens that they have on the stage. And uh, I was, I was shaking the whole time. And then uh, when they gave me the cue to go, I just hit play. And it, it should have gone off smoothly, but uh, occasionally your DJ gear will, you know, have some malfunctions. Well, mine ended up uh, the play button stuck, so it ended up creating like this uh, this really weird sound. Uh, like, it's hard to describe. It's like a it's kind of like a loop of a sound. So it's like so it kept doing that. Did that for like five seconds, but. I was I was terrified. I was like, man, you gotta be kidding me! This is happening right now. Like my first gig in front of all these people. Uh, but then it ended up fixing itself, and then I went on, and it was flawless from there. And I got probably the best adrenaline rush I've ever had, and that that's what drives me. I mean, the the rush that you get from being in front of a crowd and like pleasing them with music is probably one of the best feelings you can ever get. Now, what what are some of the perceptions of being a DJ and some of the realities of being a DJ? Oh man, this this could be a really long list. It could be a really short one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a lot of times people think all we do is just party, uh, and that's it. Uh, that's probably the biggest misconception. I mean, when I'm out, uh, I like to think of it as a party, but it is a job to me, uh, and that's the way I treat it. I mean, I enjoy it, but, you know, my goal is to make sure that the people at the venue and the club that I'm at, they have, like, the best night they can possibly have. And a lot of people think I'm just there to get, you know, get messed up and do crazy stuff. But I'm there to make sure they have a good night, and that's my main goal. And people just, they don't see what we do outside of the club. You know, I put in some hours of work every week, you know, just practicing. I got to research music. I keep up with the trends of you know, you got to figure out some of those hit tracks that quite have, haven't quite made it yet. Um, and then I'm also doing a lot of stuff, you know, teach myself other skills, you know, Photoshop so I can do my own promo material, um, teach myself production so I can get further on down that road. That's the that's the tough one. Uh, and, you know, and then I'm doing work with charities on, you know, weekdays and then week, weekends, like during the day. So I'll do stuff and help them out. And I'll do a lot of stuff with the athletic teams, like for Auburn. I'll do mm-hmm. some of their warm-up mixes and stuff like that for them so the athletes have something to you know, run out to or warm up to during their games. And uh, it's, just a, it's a lot of work. Uh, there's a lot more that goes on that people don't realize. It's pretty much you run your own business, and and then you work on the weekend. So it's, it's, a, it's a, probably a... 40 to 60 hour a week job uh, when you look look at it, but I love it. I mean, it's it time flies by when I'm doing it. Exactly, and and you do appear like you're having a good time. 
Uh, ben Brood is also a contract DJ for Red Bull North America. Can you speak about that? And I know you won a competition back in 2013. How did that feel uh, winning that competition and also uh, allowing that to uh, give you more exposure in what you do? Yeah, that that was a big thing for me. Like 2013, that's probably been, I've probably been DJ for about two and a half years at that point. I hadn't really gotten. You know, I, I didn't feel like I was that good. Um, I mean, I it took me a while to get to where I was, I'm at now. Um, but ended up, I, I knew one of the Red Bull representatives uh, for the company in Auburn, and they they put in a good word for me. I used to do some events for them on campus in Auburn, uh, so they knew you know I was capable. So they had a. Uh, in the state of Alabama, they had a Red Bull Freestyle University, which is a competition of college DJs. And so she put in a bid for me to go from Auburn. Um, and so we ended up, it, it was hosted in Tuscaloosa, so that's enemy territory for Auburn uh, at the University of Alabama. So we went up there uh, for the competition, and there were five or six other guys up there from around the state and a couple from Tuscaloosa. And that's what I was most worried about, honestly, was the guys that were from the hometown. Um, so we went up there. The competition was about to start. Um, I was nervous. And, you know, I was hoping I was going to win, but I wasn't sure because I'd never really heard any of these other guys play. Ended up... Uh, I actually had... The guy hosting the event was uh, an MC that I use a lot down in Auburn, so he knew he knew me pretty well. His name's Mike. Uh, we call him Ice Mike, but he's he's my uh, main hype guy on the mic. And he was up there hosting the event, so I told him uh, when they announced me, don't tell him I'm from Auburn because I I could assure you that that would put me in a bad position uh, from the get go. Uh, we we had uh, the the event started we. We drew drew names out of the hat. See who went first. So I I didn't. I ended up going last, which is, was a relief for me, because I wasn't sure of the other guys and how talented they were, and I kind of want to see what level I needed to be at. And all these guys are great guys. Um, and I've got to know them a little bit over time. But when I heard all their you know all their sets, I I felt pretty confident with mine, and I I opened up, did something a little out of the ordinary. Uh, being from Auburn, it's kind of like I'm not going to say a trader move, but I opened up with the, uh, the Alabama fight song, which got the crowd going immediately uh, and got them on my <laughs> side. But I didn't tell anybody from Auburn that, so don't, we'll keep that secret uh, for now oh, yeah. until word gets out. Yeah, nobody but, uh, nobody, nobody's yeah, listening. Yeah. So nobody. <laughs> uh, but we got, uh, at the end of my set, I, I had a big grin on my face because I was, I was pretty confident that I had won. It was a 15-minute kind of exhibition set where you show off what your skills in scratching, mixing, and blending, and all sorts of you know just song selection, crowd interaction. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a really good experience knowing that you know coming from where I was before that event, knowing that I could win an event you know amongst my peers. Um, now. Needless to say, you know, I, if I competed against some guys that've been in the game a little bit longer, I, I I don't really compare to them yet. But I'm 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 working every day to get to that point where I can keep up with them because uh, there's still a lot of stuff I've got to learn. 
and Red Bull. Red Bull is a fun company to work with. I think they're probably one of my favorites uh, amongst like DJ sponsors. They they're really interactive and they care for their employees and they treat them really well. So I've I've done a few events for them across the southeast, up in Tennessee, and did some stuff uh, over in uh, Mississippi. And they they just they just treat their their clients and their employees really well. I love working with them. But that's opened up huge doors for me, you know, because these these companies huge. So I mean, they're all all over the place. I always need DJs for stuff. Um, I just I I think they're probably one of my favorite companies to work with. Most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, I definitely salute you and, and um, the contract you have with Red Bull. Uh, definitely a big exposure for you, and you are one of the top DJs in this country, man. Um, I just want to let you know that. Even if, even if you don't acknowledge that, you are. You you are in the names of all the DJs across across this world, and I want to let you know that on the air live tonight. Hey, I appreciate it, Terrence. Hopefully, hopefully I'll be international here in a couple of years. I'm working I'm working on that kind of stuff, uh, but that's where i got to bring up my production game. Um, and I really appreciate those words, man. And and you're putting in a lot of work, and I can see what you've been up to. And I know you're you're going to be you're one of the top dogs in the uh, online radio. So, I mean, that's that's what I like about the the group of people I keep around. Uh, you know, you and then the rest of the DJs I work with. It's all people that look to succeed, and that's that's a big thing. We and we realize, you know, this is a business, and and we're going to put time in to get out what we want to. Oh yeah, most definitely, Jermaine. You have any questions, man? I'm just enjoying the interview, man. I'm enjoying listening to him and learning a lot about what it takes to be someone great. And you know, I'm new to the radio, to radio, and this is what I strive to do and what I strive to be. So, listening to you guys, you know, makes me feel better about where I want to be at later on oh yeah man it, it's definitely uh i honestly never saw myself being a professional dj i was just doing it for fun and then i flipped the switch and i was like you know what? i bet you i can do this really well i put the time in and then i got i'm still growing i'm still kind of i'm gonna say i'm about middle ground right now as a dj but i want to grow a lot more these next couple of years so that's what i'm working towards right now and you know what, Ben? That's funny that you mentioned that. You know, sometimes you you come across greatness by accident, if that makes any sense. Because, cause like, with this radio hosting thing, I never envisioned doing this. I, I did it as a favor for uh, another radio, uh, online radio station. And so then, I, you know, once I did that, I, I kind of got comfortable with it and some confidence. And I said, you know what? I want to do my own thing. And then that's how... The Live by Terrence show came to existence. So, you know, it's great that, you know, you, you do it as, you know, you start off as a hobby and then all of a sudden you're like, man, this thing, this might really be my calling. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. And that, that, that's exactly how it happens, too. And you, and you don't realize it because I was not at Auburn to be a DJ. I was here to go to school. And then uh, I ended up, I don't, I don't tell many people to do this, but, you know, I dropped out of school because um, I found ways. I was like, you know what, I, this is something I really want to do. I was, I was not enjoying school at all. And there's not 
I wouldn't recommend it to many people, but if you've got a passion for something and you can make it work, you know, my dad was my dad was a little uneasy with the decision. He was like, look, as long as you pay your bills and you, you know, you can maintain a comfortable life, I mean, go for it. But if you don't think you can, just stick with school and see what you can do there. And I, I just ran with the DJ stuff. I was like, I got to make this work. So putting yourself in that position will make you strive a lot more than, you know, if you're, if you're comfortable with something else, if you're in a, in a hit or miss, like you got, you got to hit it out of the park or you're, you're sunk. Like you're going to try a little bit harder. So, and that's kind of what's been driving me this whole time. You know, and, and that was the thing when I, when I first started doing the show with hands, I was a little uneasy and yeah. in some ways I'm still uneasy because, I'm not sure how to ask questions. I'm not sure how to interact, interact, you know, at times. Maybe I talk too much. Maybe I talk too little, you know. So I just try to take my cues from Terrence and take my cues from from the guest that's on the show, you know, and just learn that way. Uh, yeah, Terrence, Terrence is a great guy to learn from. And I'm honestly, I'd stick with him for as long as you can and learn as much as you can from him. Yeah, I, uh, I really that, appreciate. I appreciate that too as well. And uh, I'm gonna give you a fun fact, being brewed. One out of four self-made billionaires dropped out of college, so don't, don't feel too bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I don't. But I tell you what, it lit a fire under me. I was like, man, I, I gotta make this work. So I was doing research, reading so much stuff, and trying to figure out how to succeed. Like. It's not just about DJ, how good of a DJ you are. It's all about marketing and promotions, and you really got to push all that stuff to make your name like known. And that, and I've I've done a pretty good job of that in Auburn. My next goal is to get outside of Auburn. Um, I've got a pretty good base here, so my goal now is to push more towards your way over there in Georgia, and uh, probably a little bit more. Uh, yeah, a little bit over there in Atlanta. Atlanta and uh, probably down south in Florida. So those are my next two territories that I want to take a, or you know get my name down there in those areas. Exactly. And with that being said, we are releasing a mixtape March the third on that piff digitally. Digitally, I came and talk. And then um, we're also going to be handing out hard copies in, in Florida. So Ben Brood is the featured DJ on the mixtape, uh, Spring Break 2K15, Spring It On Me, Volume 1. Ben Brew will be featured on there. It's gonna be, uh, there's going to be some mixes by him, of course, uh, mixes from myself. And then we, we got it's, it's going to be a star-studded lineup on the mixtape. So he's going to get a lot of exposure from that as well. And I, and I do want to thank you, Ben, for... Uh, taking the time to help work with the mixtape. Oh, no problem. I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, th- that's some of the stuff that I do on the outside, just DJing the clubs, you know, I'll put together, you know, mixtapes and do, you know, live mixes and, you know, specific mixes for, you know, my clients where they can download them and listen to them and just, you know, that's something that you can take the club with you. That's what I really enjoy doing too. And I think I think you guys are gonna have a lot of fun down there at the beach. To be honest with you, I was down there uh, two years ago for spring break, and it was insane. So, 
Definitely looking forward to it. And I definitely want to give a shout out to DJ Nayu. He's the resident DJ at Club La Vila. Um, definitely going to be hooking up with him down there, and I'm going to make sure he knows who Ben Brood is because I am campaigning for Ben Brood to be down in Panama City, Miami, somewhere, spring break in 2016, most definitely. Oh, that is, that's the plan, man. That is the plan. Now, I have, I have a little story to tell you, Ben. Uh, a couple of days okay. ago, I know, I know you made an announcement uh, about a couple of artists that's coming to Auburn University okay. on April the 18th. But I have I have a stepdaughter that also attend Auburn University, and she actually seen you. I guess you was in the library or something um, before the announcement or whatever. She wanted to approach you, but she didn't because she didn't really know who you were. So when she came home, she, she came up to me and said, you know, I saw some some guy in the, in the library. He was DJing and stuff. I said, I said that was probably Ben Brood. She's like, oh, yeah, that was him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm, I I try to get my my face all over down there, and we were doing an announcement party. Uh, the university program council contacted me, and they wanted like to do a bigger event and have uh, for their reveal party for their uh, concert that's coming up on April. I think it's 18th or 19th. I can't remember exactly. Um, let's see, yes, yeah, the 18th of April. And they're going to have uh, Kesha and Nelly over here for a big, big show. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, will you be part of that event as well? Uh, I'm not sure yet. They, they, we're still in talks of that. If if they decide to have an opening DJ, it might be me or be, it might be one of uh, the other guys that I work with. We haven't decided yet uh, what we're going to do so far. I would love I would love to be a part of it though. Well, Ben, I want to thank you for you know taking the time to be, to be on the Live by Terrence show. We do have a mix from you uh, that you recorded last year. Rather be wrong. Uh, is there anything yep. you would like to say about about this um, mix that you did? And also, are there any shout outs you would like to give? And also, where can we find you online? Okay. Yeah, the the rather be wrong is a mashup that I did. Uh, I actually got a little bit of inspiration from uh, another DJ here in Auburn, DJ Sophie Vore. Uh We were kind of just talking music back and forth, and I think she might have brought it up. I can't remember exactly, but it, I think it might have been a collaboration of our ideas. But I kind of ran with it and uh, put it together because I knew um, the song by. Uh, It's, uh, am uh, I, yeah, it's Am I Wrong uh, it's by Nico and Vince. That was starting to gain popularity at the time. And then uh, so I was thinking of other songs that might be getting popular as, as well. That's where Sophie came in. And she, you know, she pointed out this song to me, uh, Rather Be, which has been hitting the, the airways pretty hard here recently. Um, people love it. So I ended up just mashing up the two. And it was a... It was, uh, one probably one of my favorite projects that I ever did, and it's gained some popularity. Um, but yeah, it's, you can find all my stuff on my website. So if you're looking for music, you know uh, where I'll be playing next. Contact me. You can find it on my website it's at www.benbreed.com, and that's 
that's where you find my Twitter, my Facebook. You just Google Ben Brood and you can find anything. You know, I don't have a Pinterest, though. That's the one thing I do not have. <laughs> I don't know too much about pen and stuff, but uh, I'm probably going to leave that one leave that one off for a while. So. Oh, yeah, I definitely feel you on that. I don't have one either, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was mainly for the women folk, but, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I need to get one. <laughs> well, Ben, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. We're going to close out tonight's show with that mix. Uh, are there any shout-outs or closing remarks you'd like to make, Ben? Oh, yeah. I'd love to – everybody that's helped me, you know, get to the point where I'm at, there is a long list of them. Uh, one of my mentors is DJ Rayner. Uh, he's one of the first guys I met when I moved to Auburn. And uh, at that time, I didn't really know anything about DJ. And he put in the time to help me, even though, you know, I was young and unaware of everything. But he, he was patient with me and helped me, you know, learn some of the basics that I didn't realize, you know, I'd been missing out on. And he's he's probably one of the bigger helps and got me to where I'm at, you know, name-wise and kind of getting me to the next level. And he doesn't – I don't think he really thinks about it that way, but he's, he's helped tremendously. And then uh, DJ Hollywood is actually one of the guys that where I got my start at in Auburn at his club and he kind of put put himself on the line there for me and just you know he gave me opportunity when no one else would and that spent a year over at his club and kind of trained and got got to got some skills under my belt and I really appreciate him for that and all the other DJs there's a DJ over in Atlanta Machete X and he's a legend pretty much in the DJ game and he's been kind of one of my mentors as well training me and you know I take lessons from him learn a lot of like the scratch art and just the fundamentals as well so and then a lot of a lot of DJs have helped me along the way um, as far as promoting me and supporting me and giving me ideas and DJ Sophie Vore she's in Auburn and she's helped me a lot giving me a lot of ideas and um, kind of helped me maintain a level head too. So there's a lot of people. My sister is one of the people that's had to put up with me the whole time that I've been going through this, and she's seen me from the bottom and now to where I'm at. So she's she gets a lot of credit for putting up. Started from the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm working. I'm climbing that ladder. <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. Well, Ben, we're gonna close out tonight's show. With your mix, Jermaine, is is there anything you like to say? Man, I'm just I'm honored to be on your show, uh, to meet guys like you, Ben, and um, and um, Connor, and um, just hoping that you know I can make make myself a name, you know. And like I said, I do appreciate being a part of it. I do appreciate being a part of the show as a whole, and. To Mama Rex, don't hurt him too bad. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> That's what's up. Ben, I'm going to let you introduce this song, and we're going to take this show out with Rather Be Wrong. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate you guys listening tonight. Enjoy the track, and hopefully I can catch you guys somewhere, somewhere out and about. I'll see you guys.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.